0: Hey everyone, welcome to Love, Rinse, Repeat, a podcast recorded on the unceded sovereign lands of the Gayamagul people by me, Liam Miller. He, him, is a minister in the Uniting Church in Australia. Joining me today is Sione Hawea. Sione, welcome along. Thank you, Liam. Thank you. So for those who don't know, Sione is a native Methodist pastor from Tonga and research fellow with Trinity Methodist College uh, in Aotearoa, New Zealand with Public and Contextual Theology Research Centre at Charles Sturt University. Uh, He also teaches, just recently taught a course at United Theological College, and I know you're teaching a class later this year at Pilgrim. Uh, But Sioni is also the author and editor of a a whole lot of books, Uh, and today we're going to be discussing a a recent release, uh, which is this one here, Losing Ground. Reading Ruth in the Pacific, which is out now through SCM Press and you're going to hear why you should pick it up, but you could even just trust me now and just go and do it before you hear another word. Um but Sioni, before we get to that book, you know, I, I was thinking about like every other day or every other month on Facebook I see a new edited volume come out yeah. with with your name and sometimes your name and a collaborator attached. Uh, some recent ones, people who might be interested, is, is uh, Bible blind spots, intersectionality and theology, which you edited with uh, previous guests on the podcast, Monica Melikathan. Uh, there's also mission and context, people and land, doing theology in the new normal, uh, theolo- theological and hermeneutical explorations from Australia, Jonah and Earth Bible commentary, uh, post-colonial voices from down under. I could, I could list on and on, and, and a lot of these are. Uh, edited volume, and then there are a few solo authored works as well. I'm curious about like you know what I guess kind of both drives or maybe unifies or somewhat connects the kind of what interests you in these different projects, um both in terms of like the kind of the content and the questions that you're trying to wrestle with, and I guess also with the form and the way you're trying to go about them, particularly with you know so many being edited volumes. Uh, you know, so I'm curious about kind of, yeah, do you, do you feel like, as a theologian, biblical scholar, there's you know, something that really is like holding a lot of this together, this you know, prolific kind of organized output.
1: Uh, thank you. Thank you, Liam. Um, first of all, um, let me pay my respects. Uh, I'm uh, there are several things uh and, and thanks for getting me on on this uh, um, in in your event I, I I use the word event for a lot of things hmm. um th- there are a few things that that I'm committed to uh one is to bring the native voices so a lot of the things I do involve uh bringing uh, voices that don't always get this opportunity um, mm. Mm. to to uh, get their insights, their wisdom uh, shared. It's not. I, I, I'm not um, assuming that I'm doing them a favor. It's that they are doing us, uh, people who are in theology and uh, biblical studies. They they are doing us a favor mm. uh, in sharing uh, their insights. Um, a lot of uh, one of my other commitments is i in all of the the collections that i edit or co-edit i have uh, i make space for student voices mm. so i don't i don't publish uh, a collection without a contribution from someone who is a student at that time at the time of of uh, uh publication yeah um, I, I try when I say native, uh, I, I look into the region, Oceania, Pacifica, mm. but also into indigenous Australia as well. So there is a lot of wisdom by uh, quote unquote native, native people that can help us see, um, uh, see things differently theologically. Mm. I'm also committed. I don't use the, the, the label post-colonial on myself, uh, for myself. I I don't see myself as a post-colonial or decolonial or whatever you call it. Uh, But I'm committed into uh, engaging or or allowing or inviting or creating a platform where uh, people can engage with post-colonial and decolonial voices. And post-colonial and decolonial um, voices come from both natives and non-natives. So it's not just you know, it's not just the privilege of, of coloured folk uh, to be post-colonial. Um, so th- those are, are, are commitments that, that come through. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but the other side of, of my work, uh, Liam, is is because is trying to draw attention to what happens down under, mm-hmm. uh, down down our way, because uh, more. These publications take place in the northern hemisphere, in the American-European context. Yeah. So it's it's a it's a, it's a uh, um, what's the, it's an opportunity to draw the attention of the people from up north to what what happens down south. Mm. And all of that is is under, uh, behind all of that is just having a go at at pushing back at this uh european form of academic scholarship so so whether you call that colonial <laughs> post-colonial or, or whatever it's it's just um pushing back at the masters who control mm-hmm. both the tools and the houses of theology uh so th- those are the kind of things that i try to do uh successfully in some places not so successfully in other places but
0: um, yeah, mm. is that helpful to get us get, get very? Us yes, up? I think that's really helpful. I think that last point, particularly, kind of leads well into, into talking about this book. Uh, so this book is you know, you've got kind of a couple of early chapters where you're kind of laying out the context and the intent of the book, and you're kind of looking at a bit of Ruth and its place in the canon, and, and we'll explore a bit of that later, but then the bulk of the book is really made up of. Uh, these Bible studies that you undertook and have kind of formed into these kind of chapters that people can read and then you know use in their own Bible studies or in their own personal uh studies. So maybe just talk to us a bit about the uh the production of this book, like how you went about pulling it together, the nature of those uh Bible studies, those Talanoa uh conversations, and how they, you know, yeah, what what that was like for you uh going into that.
1: Yeah. So what I did was go around and did Bible studies in different places, um, in Australia, Aotearoa New Zealand, and in the islands. So, um, it, and, and w- what I learned from, from the, the participants in the Bible studies, I used those to write up the, the, um, the collection of Bible studies mm-hmm. in this. So. What ended up in the book is probably maybe around 10% of what I learned from the communities. Mm-hmm. Uh, their sense of humor, their, their, their tradition, uh, the overlaps between you know, this community like in, in the Solomon Islands and, and uh, Fiji, the overlap between Nauru and Kiribati. So, mm-hmm. so I, I went to learn how they read and how they read they read Ruth yeah and I use that to form my 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 the, the collection of Bible studies. What I was pushing back at is the assumption in biblical scholarship, you know in, in the academy mm. that people who know Hebrew and who learn all these methods you know historical criticism, literary criticism, they are the ones who do biblical studies mm. and the people who do Bible studies <laughs> are just people in the churches and The assumption is that the biblical studies people are the critical you know the wise ones and the bible study people are not very critical Mm. yeah but what i have learned what i learned and 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 try to uh, show in this collection of bible studies is that you know the bible studies people they don't read hebrew but they are very critical of the biblical text Mm. so it's it's a pushing back also at the academy Yep. To assume that, you know, what I call the the, the commentary business, that <laughs> to know the truth, whatever that is, about a biblical text, you have to read you know works done in biblical studies mode. And Bible studies is just you know kind of flaky, very, very <laughs> uh yeah. but but as as you know, some of our people are very critical. It's Mm. just that they don't have that permission to be critical. So that was part of of what's behind this, this particular project. I
0: think what was so helpful in reading that too, was there's, there's sometimes this, um, maybe it's getting a bit less prevalent as an attitude, but this thing of ministers or or, or theologians go and learn a bunch of stuff and you get to your church, and you go, better not actually talk about any of that because like, these are simple folk and I don't want to like disrupt their nice, naive, uh, pleasant relationship with the Bible. But what you see through these conversations is, is yeah, a critical or, a, you know, a careful reading that's willing to ask good questions or, 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 or propose provocative readings um, that, that really are wrestling with, well, but this is what life is like. So we can't just like accept this at like, you know, this kind of face value. So I think that was a really helpful thing that, you know, should have been permission giving, but also again, disrupts that kind of, um, narrative of this kind of yes, yes,
1: and and with, with with the narrative like Ruth, you know, I mean this thing about sex. Yes, we, 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 some of us think that oh, that you know, regular folk, they, they can't handle this thing about sex, and 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 in all of the communities that I went, they are eager to talk about sex, and and they are more more, more critical, more playful, yeah. are very playful. I mean, I I don't know if it ended up in the book but uh, in one of the uh, Maori communities in Aotearoa, New Zealand. So I was trying to tiptoe into getting, you know, to get to the point where I wanted them to, to explain if they, see, if, if they understood uh, Boaz and Ruth have, you know, having sex, was it possible that they had sex in the, mm-hmm. in the threshing floor? And one old woman just said, "Oh, get over it." That kind of thing happens. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so I, you know, I came with this assumption: oh, they're old women; they they don't talk about sex. <laughs> but but you know, it's, yeah. it's 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 no no drama for them. Mm. And, and I think that's the thing that that we you know you know I'm I'm a pastor. We people who work for the church need to realize that. Uh, That the people out there in in the congregation, um, they are real humans, you know, Mm. with with all of these uh, full range of of uh, emotions, and they read biblical text with that emotion. And it's on. We just need to realize that you know they read with their bodies, and we need to see that as
0: well. Mm. Yeah, I, I, (laughs) I love that. Yeah, it is just this like frankness. Well, of course, yes. (laughs) We're not. Yeah, we're not working on So What's
1: the big deal? No. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Uh, So I I guess one of the questions I guess brought at the you know foundation also is is what led you to choose Ruth? Um, Now you kind of talk. I guess like there's the book opens with I guess you know the acknowledgement of Ruth begins with migration, which is a very you know prominent experience in in the Pacific and, and and elsewhere, and particularly with. Um, you know, the, the increasing climate emergency. So that might have been the, the main reason, but was there, did you consider other texts or we kind of early on, was like Ruth is going to be, you know, particularly poignant and uh, helpful? Or was it just because it's kind of short? Um, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. No, that's it. It's because it was short. And, yeah. and I could do, I could run a series of, of Bible studies in a week or two. Yeah, um, because the, the the mission body that supported this this project, the Council for World Mission, um, I had to sell the idea that I was going to help them do contextual Bible study, mm-hmm. uh, so so that the mission body could 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 support my my project. Uh, but and Ruth was short enough. Yeah, and I I knew, I think I know Ruth a little uh, well. That I could go and and because when 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 I went to these communities, I only took my Bible with me. I, I didn't take you know uh, books to help me remember things. So I was fairly um, familiar with the narrative, and I had done several works on Ruth. So I, I was yeah I was uh, I thought I was on top of Ruth, uh, and that's that's why I I went with Ruth uh, mm. as my companion to these communities. So yeah. Uh, and and it's also a book that I suspected that these communities would have a, a good good feel for, and they can mm-hmm. quickly read.
0: Um, yes, so. mm-hmm. yes, and as you it's like is this you know it is a kind of a the narrative is kind of has these kind of neat four like chapters. Yeah. I mean, both in the biblical sense, but also in the sense that we use chapters in a in a novel, right? Of, right. of, of yeah, yeah, go, return, yeah, meet a character, have a yeah. need, it's addressed. Yeah. Um, so one one thing I, I'm interested to in talk about a little bit is you kind of write in in one of the introductory chapters. You talk about you know Ruth's placement within the uh, within the canons. So and it's different placement within the uh, you know Hebrew Bible and Christian Old Testament and how those kind of readings open up a different way of reading it. And you particularly kind of talk about you know its placement kind of within the wisdom. Um, and, you know, it's, it's proximity to Song of Songs in, in, the, oldest, in the Hebrew Bible uh, brings something different than where it's placed in the kind of um, historical narrative arc of the oh, we're getting to a king in the Christian um, Old Testament. So can you talk to us a bit about that? Because I think that's something that a lot of folk wouldn't have thought about and might help open up the text in a different way as we sit to read it.
1: Yeah. So... It, it, if people would read the, the the Bible, whether it's a Hebrew Bible or the Old Testament, in in the order in which they come, yep. uh, the the placement of Ruth should should um, affect how they read Ruth. Uh, in the like you said, in the Hebrew Bible, it's it, next to Song of Songs, hmm. and you know you read Ruth and Song of Songs, there are central elements there hmm. in um, uh, the Old Testament. It's next to the book of Judges. The book of Judges is quite bloody, mm. uh, violent, and and then gets to the king. So you, you read the narrative there; uh, it's different. Yeah. But what 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 works for me as as a biblical critic is that the fact that this same narrative is located at two different places is telling me that you know you can't pin Ruth down. Mm. It's either the the book itself is. Is mobile. It can move between places, and how you so your reading of Ruth cannot be. You, you cannot just say, "Oh, this is what Ruth means." You know, it means means something different. Mm. It means something different in the Hebrew Bible. Something different in the uh, Old Testament. Similarly, it means something different in Nauru. Something different in um, Fiji. Something different in uh, Hinui. So, so just the placement and the um, um, i say fluidity eh? the fluidity of the biblical texts mm-hmm. uh, and uh, give us I, I say permission gives us permission to allow the narrative to float eh? or, or flow from one place to another mm-hmm. so i mean, i didn't expect uh, at the beginning that i'll end up with so many I, I had to 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 um trim it down so that it's manageable yeah. I mean, yes. with 20 Bible studies, mm. um, I, I, I didn't expect it to, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't expect to end up with, with a, a thick volume, right? Eh? Uh, yes. Uh, but it, it, ended up, it ended up being a very thick volume. And, and that's, that's a, um, a credit to these, to these different communities. But coming back to, I mean, th- th- there are a lot of people who, who use this phrase, oh, the text in its final form, Mm -hmm. yeah actually Ruth doesn't have a final form because it has well it has two final forms Mm. it's different in the Hebrew Bible different in the Old Testament and because it has two final forms it invites us to Mm. um, to wrestle to (laughs) whatever the right word is to embrace Ruth
0: again and again and again so Mm. I really like that uh, so so the book is called Losing Ground And at a bit of a point in the uh, early on, on on page 31, um, you have this bit where you talk about the colonial project confiscated more than islands and resources. It also took, read, whitewashed native minds and practices. Uh, And then going down, put another way, losing ground took place at two interconnected platforms. At the material and physical world, read, we lost our roots. At the intellectual and spiritual level, read, we lost our routes. Uh, And the colonial project is ongoing. And so then you have this, this Talanoa event advocated herein in the book, uh, works against the colonial project of unification and oneness. Now you kind of already were hinting at that there and that this this not one final form, but I guess talk to us a bit about this this losing ground uh and you know and, and, and the, I guess the manifold way that's kind of playing in the text and and the conversations. Um yeah.
1: Yeah, thanks uh for that. I'm, I owe the the title to my commissioning editor. I mean, uh, David Shervington is the one that came up with with the title. Um, And and it worked in different uh, uh, contexts. It it made sense because there's a a climate change element. Yeah, we we are losing ground. It it also made sense for migrant communities. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're losing ground in the sense that like, you know, uh, Tongans, I'm Tongan, so Tongans in Australia have uh, losing ground, we've lost our ground back in mm. the island. Uh, I mean, um, January 15, was it the 15th? There was that tsunami, so there's some <laughs> ground that's ongoing. But there's also ideological uh, elements of losing ground. Mm. And ground here is, you know, physical, it's ideological. And the narrative itself is about, well, the the the, the collection of Bible studies show, shows how people were just almost every character was losing ground in some form mm. yeah um I- including the you know uh the the husbands and the sons who died that their, their, their death was a losing ground as well so losing ground was was just uh and and i found out later i think it's a tv show in in, in uh, the uk um right <laughs> so the, the, oh, well, the, whether that's where david got the title from or not but but it it just works because mm. I, and the uh the image on the cover is yes. you know that that shows that that climate change element mm. yeah. yes um so the the the, the work and, and 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 i think this is maybe this is the, an element that i didn't quite um um push hard enough in in the work but you know that 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 we lost grounds to the colonial project mm. but the way but when we read biblical texts as natives mm. the colonial project is losing its grounds mm. so that second element I, I don't think was strong enough but but um you know you know how it goes yeah. you, you, this this is, a, <laughs> this is for losing ground number 2 or something like yeah, that yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> but oh, but i think that's uh, I, I my colleague uh, Brian Collier um, <clears throat> uh, was reading i'm going to misquote this but an ind- indigenous person from up north was saying had said on twitter that the that the uh, i think i wrote it somewhere oh here it is um my favorite pe- beverage is the tears of colonizers who are mad that we exist mm. so this is a uh, ash dalstrom Dahl- sorry if i'm going to mispronounce it but it's it's that's a different another the second side of of losing ground that we yeah. need to realize that the colonizers do not have the control yeah. and when they when they are yeah when, when their their pain in losing their grounds is the joy for us
0: Negatives. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's uh, there's another there's a quote I really liked where you're so you've been talking about your grandfather and then you go this book comes in my grandfather's spirit seeking to make quote any notions of white superiority absurd um, and it was interesting thinking about that both as a great aim of a book um, but also you know your placement of that as this is something that comes from a lineage in sense that it's not like a you know kind of post colonial or um 21st century project to push against. White superiority and racism—that's kind of this native way yeah. of protesting that's been there, that has yeah. its its own history here, not one that needs to come from um, elsewhere. But I thought Precisely.
1: This. And and my grandfather died in 1942, so this was when the this this former uh, principal of the college where my grandfather was working—that was his tribute. Mm. You know, he, it was an Australian, actually, a white yeah. Australian, who said. You know, this guy didn't let me off the hook. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, and, and I'm, you know, people think, oh, we are so radical now. You know, in in, in twenty whatever, I say we are not radical enough. You know, mm. this is what happened in in the nineteen forties or before nineteen forty two. We still have to make up grounds on, on showing, you know, that that white supremacy mm. is is something that we can push back at.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: so it's yeah. I mean, and I'm named after my grandfather, so that's that's why it it it, it works in this particular. <laughs> he's probably turning in his grave. <laughs> <laughs> <saw> what happened? <laughs> but but that's his problem.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm curious if you know, There's a point where you talk about with Tolanoa that um, it's a process that opens up. Right, it's not a it's not a closing at the end. It, it, it's this opening, and so I guess if you think about as you know having done this project and you know a book being published kind of has this sense of finality and you can move on to something else. But I guess for you, do you have particular things that you felt have been opened up um, in this that that you know if you come to preach or teach or write on Ruth again will be will be will be lingering in a way they maybe weren't weren't before.
1: I like that. Ride on Ruth again. I'll I'll I'll, I'll return again and again <laughs> to ride on Ruth, uh, and depends on how you spell that ride. Eh? Yeah. Um, no. Um, I, I, I'm not convinced that I got Ruth figured out. Mm. So uh, one of the benefits of doing this is just just opening it up again. I've I've, I've edited a, a project or co-edited a project on Ruth um, mm. and written. After a fair bit so this one is just just opening it up again um mm. so i'm not that kind of of uh, i'm of of critical things that i you know i'll i'll, I'll do something and get it published and, and i've worked it out yeah. i'm actually i don't read my things uh liam the things i publish i don't i don't read um partly because you know by the time I get something published I've gone over it like Mm. 5,000 times you get I get tired of it and 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 also because I've already moved on eh? Mm. um so coming back to this this project it's opening and it's just keeping things open for me Mm. uh so we'll um I still have about ninety percent. I think I said ninety uh, percent of the wisdom of the yes. islanders yeah. that I need to share, and and, and I'll find another opportunity to, to share those. Mm. Uh, so I'm 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 not sure if I'm answering
0: your question, but no, no but um, I think I think that does get at it. I think that that this sense of, I mean, and it's a, it's a great acknowledgement of, you know, I think sometimes you can we can think that like, well, a book so short. You yeah. can you can get it right. We can we can like, but uh, that, it, that it has this um, irresistible um, moreness. You know, there's always more that, that and, and a different way of thinking. And I think you know one of the reasons I would I would commend the book so um, emphatically to anyone listening is that thing of it does open up, right? You know, reading these you know this array of of engagements and experiences with the text, these questions and conversations that emerge. those bible studies you know is going to help unsettle and provoke and push and and inform um you know going back to your thing at the beginning it's not this favor um given to these communities to like hey you know get your words in a in an academic book it's this it's this it's this gift and favor to those who read it um and and can come to ruth again uh, in a new way and and learn more particularly if we feel like we might have come you know gotten to a stuck on a wall at a particular point as, as, we, as we all can when reading a text
1: yeah yeah and, and and this particular work is is designed in order to invite readers and communities to go back to Ruth mm. you know these bible studies are not not meant to tell you this is what the text is saying mm. the bible studies are uh, are, are writ- were written in order to invite, you know, hopefully like church groups can can read the chapters and, and look at the text again, and they can decide, oh, those, you know, those islanders, they're they a little foolish in this particular, or, or they didn't go far enough. You know, I, I want to hear that. Mm. I, I'd love to hear readers say, oh, you guys didn't go far enough. Mm. you know mm-hmm. and, and then they can look... Um, look at the text differently so it's it's opening and inviting that's that's uh i think that's that's my drive in this particular project but but also in in, in um in in a lot of my work eh? i'm 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 hoping people will will read and they might get annoyed or get disgusted but at least think uh, and and think for themselves i mean they, mm. uh, I'll be very annoyed if people if if people agree that I've I've got something, or I you know what I say is the only way of looking at it. Yeah, yeah, totally. So, so I'm I'm hoping you know people who are listening, if you if you look at these studies, look at Ruth again, mm. feel free to disagree, feel free to go further. Uh, that's what this, and for me, that's what Bible studies. This this. This uh, mode of, of thinking is yep. different from biblical studies because biblical studies and the commentary business, they they have this illusion that they know what the text is.
0: Mm. And then
1: when you read it, they close the conversation. Yes. Yeah. Talanoa is about opening it up mm. and, yeah. you know, disagree with me and whoever else, that's fine.
0: Uh, but at least keep it open. Eh? Um, yeah. That's I really, I think, I think that's so helpful. And I think, cause also like often with that kind of commentary game, there's a sense of like, you know, when you, when you do a book proposal, you have to kind of point out where yours differentiates and often people need to like really like emphasize that. And so like, and this is why the five people before are totally wrong. And this is why I've finally cracked it. And it's like, you know, I'll, you know, I can get why that happens, but you know, you ask for a little more modesty sometimes it's like, <laughs> you know, I don't know if you did. Um, but yes, it, I think, one of the things this does as a totally side point is it makes you excited to be being like, I mean, cause COVID has been what it has been, it makes you excited to be sitting in a room doing a Bible study again. Like I had that vibe as you are reading it, like, yeah, just getting in and talking it out without feeling like the kind of the strictures of, of, of that other kind of, but just like, let's just yeah. see, let's taste and see.
1: Um, and and for me, Bible study, I mean, okay. The, the way I do Bible studies is a little different from what traditional, um, mm-hmm. pastors, uh, but, but the way I run Bible studies is no different from the way I run, a, you know, a class mm. in a classroom. And part of, of the joys of teaching for me is, um, is endi- at the end of every semester, I'll have like three or four papers or books that I need to write just because students um you know this 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 group of of wise people that we call students that's really unfair but they have a lot of wisdom mm. uh, and they they may not always uh realize it but you know a half a sentence that they would would contribute to the conversation would spark something in 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 my mind that mm. i'll end up chasing in an article uh mm. so and for me, it's whether it's you know a Bible study in the classroom, Bible study out under a tree, or in prison. I I, I treat all of them, you know, I treat all of them in the same way as opportunities for me to learn, uh, and opportunities for me to have something to work on. <laughs> so that's some you know, uh, yeah. Some people think that I go to uh, quote unquote teach a Bible study. But I'm pretty much looking for a subject for for the next, mm. for the next uh, project. Uh, yeah, so. and, and I, I like mean that. I mean that sincerely. It's not, yeah, yeah.
0: And I like that. Then that's you know those then those questions or those pursuits you know are emerging organically out of what are people thinking about and wrestling with, r- yeah. rather than like you know a more top down like this yeah. is what people should be um or the, yeah, concerned and, about. Mm.
1: And every reader is
0: different. Yes, you know,
1: every reader is different and and you know people i i i invite people to see my stupidity and there'll be times when i'll have to say oh that's stupid too i mean but but it's it's about learning and and being critical of one another so that's yeah that's my my approach at this whatever you call it this work that i'm doing
0: yeah well, I, I really appreciate that and, and this has been a wonderful conversation and folks the book is Losing Ground Reading Ruth in the Pacific uh, out with SCM Press uh, do check it out and also just look up and see have a look at what else Sione's, uh written or edited and see if anything there scratches an itch or or um, hits on a topic that you're interested in exploring and and get that or tell your tell your local library or theological library to get it uh, as well but um, Sioni, thank you so much for this conversation is there anything else you want to Draw people's attention to anything that's coming out, or classes, or anything you want to just promote or 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 yeah, mention at this point.
1: Well, I mean, the, the main thing for me is just to invite people to open your Bibles and read for yourself. Mm-hmm. Not don't um, you can trust, you can believe, but uh, what 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 you read in in texts, but read for yourself was. Um, the 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 joy of discovery, you know, joy of discovering new meanings or old meanings differently, is available for everyone. So, but I thank you, Liam, for this opportunity. And um, yes, yeah. malo mm-hmm.
0: Thank you so much, and uh, folks, we'll see you all next week. Bye. All right, bye. <laughs>